Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Parks and Recollection. Um, how are you today, Mr. Co-host Alan Yang? What's going on, Rolo? I'm good. It's a, it's a morning record. We, we usually do afternoons. Morning record. Feel refreshed. Just watch the episodes. Feel good. I feel, I, I think my coffee, my caffeine level is exactly right at the moment. I'll chase it for the rest of the day, but right now it's good. Well, I don't drink caffeine. Did you know that, Rob? What? Yeah. What? I don't drink coffee. Isn't that weird? It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You... Uh, somebody as energetic as you well you I, know i guess i guess it's right because you would be off the walls if you I added just to your own energy that is true i just never started and so if i this is actually funny we, if i drink even the smallest amount of coffee like i went out to to to, to lunch uh, not that long ago we were in new york and i i had a i had a vietnamese coffee for lunch we had a vietnamese place and oh uh that night uh i didn't fall asleep till 6 a.m Oh, no, no, no. I just, just had a coffee at lunch and then couldn't. My, my girlfriend was like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know, man. I had one coffee. So for me, it's the most <sighs> powerful drug possible. Like if 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 I drink any coffee, it's it's uh, it, my body has no tolerance to caffeine. So you're lucky. Oh, that would be my my nightmare. <laughs> See, I can drink it and then go to sleep. That's insane. I have the, That's the adverse. Yeah, I know. But anyway, anyway, today is a good one. Right. How excited are we about Freddy Spaghetti? I think we're pretty excited. It's a great season finale, season two finale, and we're just ramping up. We just did the master plan, your first appearance, and so this is obviously your and Adam's second appearance, and it's it's an awesome episode. It's it's really like we talk about. This is the pocket to me. This is the pocket. The peak. The the show starts to peak right around here, and and so it, it was yep. it was really fun to watch. This is uh, uh written by Mr. Dan Gore, our our great friend, friend of the show, um, and directed by Jason Wolner. The original air date. Um, obviously, was as we just said, was season two, episode twenty four. That sounds so insane. That's unreal. Don't forget, Rob. We also then almost immediately shot the first six of season three. So we shot about thirty episodes in one calendar year. Take that, all you streamers out there. <laughs> Anyone doing a streaming show, myself included, who are doing like I'm doing ten episodes or I'm doing six episodes, thirty in one year. Thirty. Thirty. Do you know how hard it is to do? 10 great episodes of television how about try doing 30 in a 30 row. decent ones you know it's like try try not dropping some duds in there but yeah no it's 30 episodes and i just saw i just saw gore i, I, I went to the super bowl and i sat near gore and he was uh we were in the the universal section so it was fun so great so but it aired on may 20th end of the traditionally the end of the network television season may 20th 2010 and basically, the overview is uh, the, you know, someone shut the, gover the government down. I'm not going to mention who it was, but somebody did it. And um, the parks are closed. Leslie skirts the rules. No. And holds a children's concert in the vacant lot. The legendary lot. The legendary lot. And some quick nopes notes to start the episode. This episode marks the final performance for Paul Schneider as Mark Bradanowitz. It's also, some snark in the notes, by the way, one of the producers. It's also the last time anyone on the show mentions Mark in any capacity. So that's, so someone just put that in the thing. The additional, in any capacity. 
Goodbye, sweet prince. Enjoy that big, beautiful architectural map in the sky. Do some city planning. Do some city planning. Goodbye, sweet prince. Yeah, there it is. And Natalie Morales, who plays Lucy, um, she's in this as well. She was in uh, the last episode. Um, I worked with her on the grinder after this. Now has become a great director. And um, what else we got here? What else we got? Nope's notes. More guest stars. More, more guest stars. This episode also features Jamie Williamson reprising her role as Tom's ex-wife Wendy, and comedian and writer Brian McCann playing the titular Freddy Spaghetti. So that's that's a big. We'll talk about Brian a little later, but yeah, that's cool. And uh, last Nope's note: April and Andy share their first kiss in this episode. A lot of romance happening. A lot of romance. Boing, boing, boing. That's my um, Howard Stern esque, uh, you know. Sound effects. I'm going to start doing that, I think, in the show. Constantly, just all the time. That's the coffee. That's the coffee gum. It is. <laughs> by the way, by the time we get to the end of it, there'll be no more sound effects. Yeah. Um, let's, well, hit us with the, hit us with the. Let's with the, do it. So the beginning of the episode, as you mentioned, the Pawnee government has been shut down to a budget crisis in the last episode of Master Plan. When Leslie explains at a town hall that a family concert featuring children's entertainer Freddie Spaghetti, played by Brian McCann, must be canceled due to the shutdown, the citizens are outraged. Leslie visits state auditors Chris and Ben, seeking a way to keep the concert, but Ben insists there's simply no money for it. Leslie then goes to Mark to vent about her situation and seek help, only to learn he has taken a buyout and plans to join a construction company. Frustrated, Leslie angrily calls him Mark Brandana quits. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a legendary joke. It's almost worth having him on the show just so you can call him Mark Brandanikwitz when he leaves the show. So <laughs> it's um, a super funny, super funny joke. Do you know uh, you any way of remembering who came up with that one? Mark Brandanikwitz. God, I don't know, man. That really feels like there was a lot of wordplay in the show. And so by yeah. this point, this is end of season two. Um, you know, it, it's there's a Greg is pitching that maybe it was Gore. This was an episode that he wrote. It sounds possibly like him, but I don't want to give him too much credit. So I'm going to say TBD. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a great setup for an episode and, and, and really, uh, you see the turn from, from Ron in this one and, and, and he's happy about the, the budget being cut at the front. And then, um, by the end of the episode, he, he has a turn. When Chris made his, uh, appearance, he talked about creating the character and where it came from and the references to Tom Cruise. Uh, and, and I did in my first meeting with you guys in the writer's room, I, I mentioned a story about how intense Tom is. Um, even when ordering a glass of water. And uh, we put that in the show, and that's in this episode. Um, Chris orders a glass of water. And it's a, almost a word-for-word um, recreation of my uh, my story. I told I'd like a glass of water. I'd like it to be in a glass. I'd like it to be cold. Good stuff. We just put it right into the show. And it's also yeah. like, look, this is the second episode. Like, like, you're probably your fourth or fifth scene in the show. It's like, yeah, if you come up with these things that kind of explain who the character is or show who they are and you just you just pop them in you just pop them in it's also this is also very popular cold open and it's in i, I think it's in a lot of clip reels it's it's pratt falling over the the uh the desk on his skates in the very beginning and this episode is so much physical comedy and, and dan gore loved writing that stuff in so in the cold open like it goes into that theme song and it goes dum 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 and all that shit like uh in the writer's room, we would pitch cold open. So we would go like, okay. And then, and then Andy comes in, he's on skates and he falls over the, 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 the desk at the front and then goes bump, 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 bump. So we just would say bump, bump every time, and we, every time we would pitch. And then, then we would, we would go on to pitch a lot of things that would make no sense. And we go, then we go bump, 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 bump. <laughs> every time it would just be the same. So, and we bump them and then we kill on. So that was the beginning of that. And that continued for, like six more seasons we would say that over and over again wow i'm looking i'm looking ahead at some of our notes these are these are amazing notes that we've been handed before we do this one <laughs> shout out to the notes the, the shout out to the notes <laughs> Aunt, later in the episode Anne struggles with her newfound feelings for andy april and andy finally reveal their feelings for each other a lot of feelings but april rejects andy believing that andy still has feelings for Anne. Meanwhile, Ron has been assigned a task force to help fix the city's budget problem and is delighted at the prospect of deep municipal cuts, gloating and chanting at the cuts Chris and Ben propose. But when he learns the auditor's plans to fire Leslie, he refuses and offers his job instead. In explaining Leslie's dedication, Ron accidentally alerts them about the Freddy Spaghetti concert. I love Freddy Spaghetti concert. It was like it was like we were shooting, um, you know, Coachella. 
way, way, way later, later, we would do a huge concert, right? It was like, what was the Unity Unity concert? <laughs> it, was, it was like yeah. hundreds of people. And like, so Freddy Spaghetti was like a mini version of that. We also got to, we also got to go back and talk about this talking head where you're going to run to the moon. Do you remember shooting that Oh, uh, we should I go mean, back le- and talk about that. Yeah. Legendary talking head. And again, very character formative, right? Formative for the character. And, and um, we actually learned later that the math was kind of off. But but do you remember shooting that? I remember shooting it for a number of reasons. Um, I live in Santa Barbara and it's not close to L.A. Everybody else in the cast lives in L.A. I got a phone call from Morgan Sackett, um, our wonderful line producer. And he said, ah, I hate to ask you this. I know you're, that's your day off and you're in Santa Barbara, but God, we have... We have this talking head and gosh, we're shooting in Pasadena, which is probably 200 miles away (laughs) because would you mind, I mean, is there any way you could come in and shoot it? And I read it. It's hilarious. And I drove all the way to 200 miles and shot a 30 second talking head and turned around and drove 200 miles home. (laughs) So I'm never likely to forget. And then the other thing was. I was super worried about because I take off running so fast about pulling a hamstring. Yeah. You're not supposed to like it, you know, at my age, just run that fast. And the fast running was what made me laugh about it. Yes. Well, that's what was my follow up question was watching this talking in this morning. Like, was this an exaggerated run, like a little bit of a comedy run? Or was this your normal Rob Lowe? That's what you look like when you run. What is what is your opinion? Do you remember? (sighs) I think. It's, um, I think I'm putting a little sauce on it for sure. I guess that's, that was my guess as well. It's got, cause we also have a moment later where Nick is running and I'm like, he's putting a little sauce on it too, but it's not, it's just enough. So it's like, uh, you're not like looking like a bozo, like going way too big. It's just a little right. bit, but, but it's also, by the way, that is dangerous. If you, if you ever played like touch football or anything over the age oh. of 40, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to be sore. You're going to pull something. It's like. If you ever play pickup basketball, any if you're over thirty, people get injured every game. They're just getting injured every game. You just can't do that. You're not supposed to. Softball games, you know that first step out of first base, yeah, down, out of, off home plate to first base. Yeah. So many people roll those hammies up, and I that was my that was my big my big thing. I just didn't want to do that. It's a dead sprint. Take it from me, a man who has torn both of his Achilles tendons. You do not want to. You we want to stretch. You want to stretch. Um, yeah, that's a good talking head. That's a that's. I think it's. I mean, we all. It's fun when we go through and and note, sort of, you know, Jeff's memes that live in perpetuity. And I think that's Chris running to the moon is is definitely one of them. Yes, that's up there for sure. Um, here's a little note about Anne's house and bedroom. This I, this does make me laugh because. People don't know what's a stage and that's not, what's not a stage. Like they don't that's know, right. you know, it's like that's they just right. don't know what you can because you can't tell. And sometimes it's a duplicate of something that exists in real life. So Anne's house in the show is an actual house. The exterior obviously is an actual house in Studio City. But what we then did was we duplicated some of the house on the soundstage. And so the inside we have on stage and then the outside, there's like a little bit of a fake exterior. But we don't know. We never go into her bedroom. So there is a little bit of a funny note here from Greg, which is like, if you see any of the bedroom, it looks kind of normal. But if you actually went into it, we never go in it. It's it's a twin bed with like one foot on either side. <laughs> there's like no, there's no room. There's no. It's like it's like Anne's bedroom is the saddest thing. Every time you'd walk in, they're like, oh, this is like a child. This is like a doll's bedroom. It's 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 a nothing. You just, you'll just never see in the inside of it. Like when you watch the show, you'll realize you never see the inside of that 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 room. So it, that's a little a uh, little fun fact. I pass the lot all the time when I, as I'm you know, like driving yeah. around LA and I, and Ann's house and I, I go, Oh, there's Ann's old house. And like that whole area of the Valley, we shot most of Pawnee in, yes. um, in the Val in the San Fernando Valley. And I mean, I feel like we shot every single inch. I mean, it's a hundred, it's 125 episodes. Yeah. The, the lot is around Hazeltine and Collins. If anyone is from Studio City, like it's, it's, it's in that area. And then, um, yeah, every, every location is around there. And then sometimes Pasadena, like you said, because the city hall, uh, Pawnee city hall is Pasadena city hall. So sometimes we would, you would try to, as a locations person, you know, find locations near there so you could shoot out your days. Anyway, that's production logistics. We got to talk about this uh, massage scene as well. I mean, that's a, this the scene where Ron, you massage Ron first, and then Ron is supposed to massage you. What, what was that like? What was that? What was shooting that like? Um, the thing that I remember most about this was I could not believe 
how uncomfortable the wool sweaters are <laughs> that Nick Offerman has to wear as Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah. You can't. I mean, for those of you who don't like to wear raw wool on your body like me, it you just can't believe it. So when I touched him and felt what those sweaters feel like, I just I, I, I just could. I was like, <laughs> I almost couldn't breathe. It's the most uncomfortable wardrobe an actor has ever worn. And and credits to Nick, man, he just owned it. I mean, and it's so perfect. Um, but that was the beginning, I think, of a of a long wonderful flirtation like bromance between yeah. chris traeger and and um and ron swanson yeah you do the burger contest later you do all the stuff but it's like two very different kinds of men but you know there's some kind of respect i think there was it did he feel solidly built i feel like whenever i slap nick on the back he's like he's pretty solid it's like a pre- this guy's made of made of oak you're talking about two midwestern boys you know he's from uh, indiana my family's from indiana and ohio uh, and, uh, you know, we're solid as, we're solid as Oak, but Offerman is, 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 uh, is, is truly a rock. He's, he's chiseled out of granite and bacon. He's very compact, very compact. <laughs> what I love about this massage scene is that it starts out with, uh, Rob, Chris is saying, um, that a massage train will loosen everybody up. And it's not even that I want a massage. I'll be the caboose and Ron Swanson is a locomotive. You just want people loose. And then by the end of the scene, and we have a screenshot for you to look at, your face is so pained that you are not getting a massage from Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah, that is, he really he really turns and wants the massage pretty quickly. <laughs> he doesn't care about the rest of the meeting whatsoever. No, he the meeting it, was a pretext for a massage. It's also that did make me laugh also because it's really important plot information. It's literally Ben saying he's going to fire Leslie Nope, the lead of the show. Like the lead yeah. character of the show is being right. fired. And then meanwhile there's this comedy bit that's like very funny, but it's like Ron is trying to defend Leslie that has to massage you. It is I really like I while rewatching it's like yeah, it's very important plot stuff happening. And and this is what was fun for me. I, I know I talked about it last episode is I'm usually the guy involved with or delivering the plot. And in this, I didn't have to do any of that. I was never asked to do any of it. And I loved it. That's just I fun. just I just came in and was funny or, you know, tried to be anyway, and never worried about any of the other stuff. So like you said, there's this big scene where the lead of the show is being fired. <laughs> I don't have anything and, to do with any of that. And you're I'm just massaging being a, somebody. I'm just being ridiculous in the corner. And it was so fun. Yeah, that must be fun. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors. No prep. No mess meals. Now, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush they have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is. Mm, 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 good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. That is so true, Greg. LinkedIn knows that as a small business owner, you don't have the time or the resources to spend countless hours looking for the right person for the job. So they have launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. And 
it isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. In fact, get this, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Wow, that, that, that's impressive. That's amazing. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash parks. That's linkedin.com slash parks to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Chris and Ben go to Lot 48 to shut the concert down, and Leslie explains everything's been donated and nothing's on the taxpayer's dime. Leslie then learns Freddie Spaghetti has booked another gig, and the concert once again seems in a state of peril. Leslie asks Andy to play instead, but he's hit by a car while driving his new motorcycle home to retrieve his guitar, breaking his right arm. Attending to Andy in the hospital, Anne suddenly kisses him, but immediately stops and guiltily walks out. Later, April visits Andy in the hospital and is relieved to see Andy's fine finally agrees to go out with him and kisses Andy in an effort to be upfront and honest. Andy admits that Anne also just kissed him, but that it meant nothing. April angrily storms out, taking back her decision to go out with him. A lot of plot. A lot. I mean, this thing flies. This episode is really packed. It just keeps going. I do love that. So there are a couple things. First of all, when Ron shows up at the concert, he he's running and then he slips and falls really hard and it's it was kind of not really in the script, kind of Nick's idea. And Aziz has said that this is this moment's one of his favorite shots in the whole series because it's it's just a it's a comedy fall. It's a comedy pratfall. Yet another pratfall in this episode. I remember it well, because again, I was so new to the show still. It's what? It's my it's my second, second episode. episode. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's my second episode. And Nick went for I mean, he sold out. <laughs> He and multiple times. I mean, and there was no like half-assed actor, dainty fake. I mean, he wiped the fuck out, and it's, it's so funny. It's so funny because Ron Swanson is a character who never moves. You know, he's like a stone, right? That that's his character. Like literally, the, the one of his first episodes, he has a hernia and he doesn't move. Like this one, and he it's like he slips on a banana peel. I don't know how he did it, but like, yeah, he's very very talented physical comedian when he has to be. So yeah, it's really funny. Also. Almost equally funny to me is when you guys show up, you're wearing like, you're wearing like sunglasses, just Ray-Ban sunglasses. You're just There's something about cool. that. I, and I don't remember, I've been trying, as when I watched the episode back, I was trying to remember there was a huge discussion about the wardrobe that day. Yeah. And well, again, because uh, Adam's character was new, mine was new and we hadn't, you know, when a, a character's new, you're, you're just kind of figuring out what would they wear and yeah. certain, you, in certain things you, you know, look at Ron Swanson. I mean, he was wearing, I think, members only in the first few episodes he's wearing full suits it's like it just doesn't look like him right his hair is different and then now he's wearing those sweaters all the time right and and, and, you guys were learning yeah yeah so we were learning and didn't uh did there's something about that 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 outfit that makes me laugh the way we're walking the way we're walking onto that lot i also remember it being one billion degrees we would always shoot parks in the summer in the valley and it was just so hot you couldn't believe it. It's that was the other thing. It just the worst. But yeah, you guys walking up like hitmen with the glasses on always made me laugh. <laughs> I just want to say what I love about that is that also it kind of if you think about it, like you guys are outsiders coming in and like you haven't been pawned yet in a way. Right. Yes. So like here you are, these people from the state budget office, and of course you're gonna come in almost like like weird nerdy hitmen and then yeah. you slowly become a Pawnee person and that kind of facade goes away and become who you're supposed to be. That's yeah. what I think about. And and you guys start dressing differently from each other too, right? It's like Chris is a little bit sportier and then Ben's a little bit like hipster nerdier. Um, speaking right. of improvs, this, this, this is another thing that did make me laugh when I saw it. Aubrey improvises the moment. If you watch closely, he Andy's walking over to talk to her and she spits something. I was like, is she spitting? I actually rewound it to see she's spitting out some hay straw. So it's like some straw in her mouth. And uh, episode director Jason Wolner asked her not to do this, but she insisted and thought it would be great. And it did make the final cut. And a little color to this, Jason Wolner uh, is a friend of mine, just the nicest guy. And it's so funny to imagine him trying to tell her to not do that. Wolner's Wolner's really talented director. He's a super funny guy. He directed Borat 2. Um, he's 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 on the shorter side, so he like he looks really young. So he he wears a suit to set, so people know he's not a PA, he's not a production assistant. So Amazing. it's just funny to me to imagine him asking a very stubborn Aubrey Plaza not to constantly spit hay out of her mouth and probably failing to do so. So that that that's very evocative to me. <laughs> I can just see her. 
I think it's funny. Yeah, I can't. I think it's funny. That horrible Aubrey Plaza impersonation I just did. I know, but, but, but it's also like, okay, I won't do it, and then she'll do it anyway. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds <laughs> that's like right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay, I won't do it. Does it? Yeah, then she'll just do it. I remember the other part. I remember the Freddie Spaghetti concert itself. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd mentioned earlier that um, the way Parks was shot was so shocking to me in the, the freedom of it and that usually the way you shoot something, everybody is you do your, you, what they call your coverage. It's you shooting the cameras on you. It's, it's all the different angles of you. And then the, you turn the camera in a different direction and do all the angles of all the other people. And that's how everything is done on parks and recreation. We had multiple cameras shooting all the time and you never quote unquote turned around and shot the other people. So you, there might be someone shooting you every single moment you're on the set. And that was like, I, I have very rarely worked like that. And I remember during Freddie spaghetti, there's a moment where Amy comes out and tries to get the, the crowd hyped. And is like, if you're happy and you know, clap your hands and nobody claps. It was Amy's moment, Amy's whole thing, and I'm way in the back of the crowd, not near anybody, and I am the only person to clap. I, that was my, it was a, an improv I did, and it made it into the show, and what it, it taught me, and I'm sure has talked about this, is like, at any moment, you, as an actor, you can be giving something on the show, and it could end up in the show, even when it's not a, a, a scene that's about you. Yeah, and that's actually really, I feel like it's energizing and liberating for actors because you're totally right. When you turn around, say, you know, we're shooting, I'm in a scene with Rob and we're, sh you know, cameras are on Rob, you know, I could theoretically, I'm not, I'm off camera. And, and some, yeah. like, look, just let's let you know how the sauce is made on some of these sauces made, sausages made. I don't know. So, <laughs> so, saucy either sausage. One, either one. There are actors who won't even be there sometimes. It's like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta right. go. And then someone yeah. will read the off camera. Like, they won't even be there. Forget acting or improving. It's like, you could technically leave or you could technically get a shoulder double or like the back of the head double. You know, it's like, you don't even. So to, to actually do the scene and, and be on camera for almost all of it, it's kind of cool. And that has to do with the lighting. The reason, the reason it's possible on this show is because, you know, it's not meant to look like a, you know, David Fincher movie. It's, it's, it's a, it's a mockumentary. It's, 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 it's kind of just like an overhead light and, and, and we try to just, just run and gun and go. So, um, and then you get more, it's called cross shooting sometimes, you know, when you're able to, to shoot both people in a scene and and it allows people to improvise together because if you think about it and you're only shooting one side of the conversation and rob is improvising a bunch we don't get my side of the conversation and then you have to you have to turn around and reshoot it all again or whatever you know yeah i am um, it's my it's one of my proudest moments it sounds stupid but it is as an actor on the show because it was early on and you know and the other thing is you don't know i mean there's there's you know 150 extras and it's a big thing. And then in, and the whole point is nobody claps and you cho choose to clap. I mean, I could have Jason Wolner coming over to me and saying, don't do that. Yeah. And you being terrified of this small man in a suit. <laughs> Which happens all the Jason. time to me. We yeah. love Jason. Um, let's see what else. Oh, so there's a big stunt in this. Andy gets hit by a car on his motorcycle. It's almost definitely a stunt man in this case since he's riding, he's riding a motorcycle getting hit by a car. But, uh, you know, we, we did talk about the symmetry of, you know, we start the show with Andy in cast with his legs, and then we always kind of wanted him to end up in the hospital again. We thought that would be kind of funny, and uh, <laughs> in this case, it, 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 it matched because, um, you know, it worked with this story, and he ended up there again. But it's kind of a testament to, and I'm spoiling a little bit of the rest of the episode, but by the end of season two, he begins the series, no one likes him. End of season two, two women are kissing him. Two principal characters are going in there and kissing him. Like, everyone loves him. And then there's obviously that joke where, you know, a nurse walks in and, and, and you know, he's like, don't kiss me. But but yeah, that's that's how much that character evolved. It was the beginning of the Star-Lord. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it's Star Lord. It's it's uh, Owen Grady, Jurassic World. <laughs> Owen Grady. Owen Grady. <laughs> the character names are so funny, man. I, it's uh, yeah. It's, he, he's he's just still a little kid, man. I just you know that the 
this is going to date the episode with the new Jurassic World trailer. Dr- what is it? Jurassic World Dominion or something came out. And there's yeah. like the older characters. And I used to love Jurassic Park. So I texted Pratt and I was like, man, it's so awesome seeing like Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Goldblum like in the scenes with you guys. And he texted back immediately. He's like, yeah, oh my God, it's insane. Like he's like, he's just a little kid. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, it's awesome, man. He's like, he's just really excited. He's like, glad you like the trailer. Like, just really excited about it. Before we move on, can I just call up one of my favorite moments from the series and is perhaps one of my favorite moments with Rob, with Chris in the series, and it made it into a producer's cut. And I think actually now on Peacock, NBC's Peacock, you can watch this scene over the credits. It's a deleted scene where Tom and Lucy go off to have sex in Anne's house. And I pulled up the script, by the way, and when when uh, she says, hey, do you want to um, go to that house over there? She just wants to go to a random house and, and sleep with her boyfriend. But anyway, in the scene, you're just chipper and you're walking up to the front door uh, and you hit, and it's Chris Traeger, hello, and you peek in, right? And you see Tom, hey, Tom Haverford, and who's your friend? And he's like, what the hell? Get out of here, man. And he's like, you got it, Tom, and you leave as happy and chipper as you walked in. <laughs> it is so funny. You're whistling both times. And in the script, it says, Chris walks off whistling to himself. Do you remember shooting that? Do you remember this moment with Aziz? I, I, I do, because... Yeah, they're having sex. It's, 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 yeah, that's it, the premise. It's, they're it's having very... sex in there, and 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 Aziz like you know lays on. He's like he basically Aziz basically like get the fuck out of here. I'm like you got it, Tom, and I just leave like <laughs> yes. nothing. Nothing has happened. It's so funny, man. It, yeah, and that's not in the. So that's one of the instances of that got cut for time, and so it's in. You know, if you watch it on Peacock, this episode and Master Plan are both longer than you're allowed to do on network. So network is like something like 2130 or 2117, whatever it is. And so these episodes are both much longer on Peacock. Peacock Premium is what I By watch way, it on, so I don't have the commercials. But yeah. I want to I point out to, to people, you know, because, you know, most people just watch what they watch. They watch it on their phone, or they watch it on a computer, they watch it on TV, they watch it on Peacock, or they watch it on NBC, or they watch it on Netflix. But, like, there's a real difference i mean you pick you know i love veep for example veep's a hilarious show right guess what on veep if if the episode ends up being a certain amount of time that's what they're they get to do um on a network show you have to cut it to a certain time have to and you have to have commercial breaks that have to be at a certain time so all that affects the storytelling the writing the shooting the editing and you know, on streamers, they just get to, th- there are no rules and they get to do whatever they want. So again, if you ever see something on network television that you like, it's exponentially hard to make it good because of the constraints of working there. Absolutely. And it, it that was the, ni- I, I felt it through like the editing walls. It's like that was the nightmare of Mike and Dean's life, like editing those episodes was not, you know, making them great, of course. But then it's like, it's 21 21- 53 we have to take 30 seconds out of this and and you're just dying you're you're pulling frames out and now it's it's wild you know i'm looking at the ted lasso run times and they're like 46 minutes i'm like 46 minutes this is a half hour show (laughs) but yeah but there's but you know it it, they they really range and you get to do that we did that on master none we had a 50 minute episode and we had a 22 minute it's like it's so but but certainly like you know it's much more like film now with 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 streaming and you know back in the day or on network it's 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 just man you're it's to the second it's to the second every episode has to be the same like to the second so that was always a constraint but you know sometimes constraints are good you know watching these episodes today it's like you know, they're just, they just move. They move and it's kind of a lesson, you know, certainly in comedy, faster, funnier, tighter, it, it all, sometimes those constraints can be good. And I always love in parks where they, where, where you will cut into something way, either way earlier or way later than you would have normally thought when you read the script and it, and the cut itself makes you laugh because, yes. um, it's because of the timing of it. And, and I think, Parks does that better than, I mean, the office did it a little bit, but Parks took it to a, a new level. And the, I, I think if you're paying any attention to the editing, um, you, you should be paying attention to the editing because it's, it's super, super like a comedy masterpiece, the editing on the Parks shows, I think. There's absolutely a lot to be said for economy just economy and the storytelling and, you know, all the jokes and, and the speed. Because, you know, on set, you'll hear that a lot. You know, Polar would say it all the time, you know, faster, funnier, faster, funnier. because 
it's a little bit faster than people normally talk. It just is because if you have, it, it's just when you get in the edit and people are talking slowly, it's death. It's just death. death. The, it, it, it really is. Speaking of which, economy in this show, back to the synopsis, at lot 48, Freddy Spaghetti surprisingly arrives, having been paid by Ben to perform at Leslie's concert. Ben explains he's not a bad person, but the budget still has to be slashed. That night, Leslie sits on a bench in Lot 48 and Mark joins her. Mark tells her that more pe- if more people like her worked in local government, he wouldn't be leaving and gives her plans. He drove for a park at Lot 48 before giving her goodbye kiss on the cheek and walking away. The next day, Ron withdraws from the budget task force and appoints Leslie in his place. As Tom and his new girlfriend Lucy are clearing out his office, he notices Ron is wearing a red shirt and black pants, the outfit he always wears the day after having sex. Tom's ex-wife, Wendy, then appears and kisses Ron, and the two leave together. Shocking Tom. First of all... Soap opera twist. <laughs> I love... One of my favorite jokes ever is Ron wearing his... Uh, his his. It was from Tiger Woods. That's where Tiger we Woods? Oh, yeah. yeah, when Ty, Tiger on Sunday. It's one of my favorite jokes in the show ever. We have a little bit of a, a piece of trivia here. When Leslie and Ben are talking during the concert... The Freddy Spaghetti songs continue and are playing in the background, and you could just hear an endless call and response of different types of noodles. It's so funny. I guess he just had to say noodles for just hours as we shot the rest of the scene. That sometimes <laughs> happens if you're in the background. You know what I mean? Like if you're in the shot, you're like, God, I guess got to keep doing stuff. I, I, what made the cut is also he says like tortelloni, macaroni, ziti. Then he just says egg noodles, <laughs> which is like not not the most fun name, but yeah. We should we should play the the bit about Mark talking about writing the music for Freddy Spaghetti. Yes, that Freddy Spaghetti stuff is so good. I, Freddy Spaghetti is one of my favorite punny ends. Yes, Mark Rivers, uh, drummer for Mouse Rat. He did uh, the music, a lot of the music for for Mouse Rat, and he had also did the theme song for this show. Here's him talking about Freddy Spaghetti. So when the producers first asked me to come up with some kid songs for Freddy Spaghetti. The direction was pretty wide open. Just come up with a few silly kid songs that this local Pawnee kids party entertainer would do. But there was no uh, specific joke angle that I remember. So I came up with a couple uh, original songs and I recorded some demos. One was called Kitty Cat Farm about a farm that had nothing but uh, hundreds of cats. Meow, 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 and a mew, 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 down on Kitty Cat Farm. Another was called Mouthful of Worms. Don't want to end up with a mouthful of worms. Yuck! But then they came back and said, nah, what if Freddy Spaghetti is just all about pasta puns? So they asked me to do just a straight-up parody of the old 60s novelty song, Itsy Bitsy, Teeny Weeny, Yellow Polka Dot Bikini, just replacing Bikini with Linguini. Which at first was, you know, it was a little less exciting for me than writing original songs. But then I, I came to realize ultimately that that's a much more appropriate joke for the world of the show. Of course, in Pawnee, you wouldn't have a guy writing anything close to clever original songs. You'd have this guy who finds one stupid angle, pasta puns, and he just milks that for all it's worth. She cooked an itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot linguini that she made for the first time today. <laughs> An itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot linguini. So Ding. in the strainer, I think it will stay. So good. <laughs> I didn't know it would be pasta based, and suddenly I was a pasta based songwriter for for a day. Um, and Freddie Spaghetti also, uh, thank thank you for that, Mark. Very very informative. Freddie Spaghetti uh, was played by Conan writer Brian McCann. Dan Gore, who wrote the episode, uh, also worked on Conan, and so they were friends. And uh, he, he, I think he thought of Brian to play this part, and um, yeah, he did a great job. Well, I'm going to pop in, everyone, with an early oops moment, just since we're talking about Freddie Spaghetti, that this is not the first time we see Freddie Spaghetti in the show. And his picture shows up in a slide in Season two's episode, Park Safety, Episode 19. And that episode, he's played by one of our editors, Ivan Victor. So, little fun fact. <laughs> Wait, what's funny is I think like Ivan has kind of he at the time he had kind of crazy hair on top. So like it was like yeah he looks kind of goofy and like not goofy but he has kind of silly hair. Let's like, use a photo of him. So then, Freddy Spaghetti. I like to think that in, in the world of the show, Freddy Spaghetti is kind of like Batman. You can, like like anyone can play him. <laughs> just put the costume on. You just, it's just like you know you just keep putting. It's it's, it's a replacement thing. Actually, Batman's not like that. But whatever. I like um I remember. Um, Brian uh, ad-libbing really inappropriate 
uh, Freddie Spaghetti Powder. And, and yes, he he did a song about paying too much alimony, about his divorce, about his very bitter <laughs> divorce. It's like none of this is usable, Brian. <laughs> but not the tone of the show, but it's very funny. And again, that's the stuff that that you know y- you wish. I wish there were the extended cuts. I wish I that would be so fun to have of this show. Maybe that will will get NBC to do that at some point. Um, another piece of information from the notes, the final moment between Leslie and Mark on the bench uh, was written to mirror their scene in the season one finale rock show where they're kind of looking out over the pit. Um, Dan Gore said he liked the symmetry of having it play a critical and opposite role this finale. This time, uh, last time they sat on the bench and kissed and it seemed like they might be getting back together. This time they sit on the bench and Mark kisses Leslie goodbye. Um, a note for me, Mark gives plans for a park, and we never mention those plans again. <laughs> like, those plans never come. I mean, he, she does build a park there, so I guess you could fill in the blanks. But we never specifically mention those plans. But it's still a sweet moment. I mean, the thing about leaving, you know, leaving shows, being fired from shows, written off shows, whatever it is, is every actor who's been around long enough will have some experience with that. It's just, it's just part of what we do. It just is. And... Um, it's rarely personal. It's, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 you don't have chemistry with your leading lady or you, you can't handle the jokes or whatever it is. I mean, um, it happens. I mean, people get fired after table reads. People get fired mid episode. I mean, it just happens. And, um, you know, this was I mean, you, you were there from the get-go, Alan. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is a character you guys had an idea for, and it, it just never came together, and it's 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 just was not the right match for this actor, who's a great actor, and who's who's gone on, who had a great career and still has a great career, but he's he's not, and if you look at the work he was doing, it's obvious. It's like he's in a different show than everybody else. Yeah, and, and to me, it also, you know, made me think about, uh, you know, as an actor, you don't have control over that aspect of your career a lot of the times, you know, and, and that's just the job of an actor in some ways you get hired and, and, and you get let go sometimes based on, you know, other people's opinions, whether it's the network, the studio, the showrunner, director, whatever. And, you know, that's kind of the actor's life. It's kind of, you know, the more I reflect on it, the more it's like, you know, it's great. There's obviously huge perks to being an actor. It's really rewarding and it can be artistically fulfilling. But there is that element of you're never quite in complete total control. You know, it's 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 always like it's it's a cooper it's a cooperation and it's a collaborative experience. So, you know, the character of Mark, you know, I think served served his purpose on the show. And, you know, we're really excited to have you guys come in, you know, Adam and, and Rob come in and, and and really felt like they became part of the town and, and uh, you know, kind of lasted for the, the, the remaining run of the show. Yep. Final thoughts on this episode? Great, great season finale. It's only the second season finale. We, we we had to write so many more. Yes, it was a season finale, but as you alluded to, we went right into the next episode right after this. <laughs> yeah, we took a very limited break. So go big or go home. The next episode, I think I ended up writing the draft of that one. We had to write it and come up with essentially the whole Harvest Festival arc, you know, in the interim. So uh, it was a season finale, but at the same time, as Rob said, we had to almost immediately work on the next season. So that's pretty unusual. But that being said, uh, you know, for a 24th episode in a season, that's pretty fucking good. Unbelievable. Uh, shall we do an oops moment? We There's a, there's a math one here. There's a math oh one here. <laughs> uh, Chris Traeger's math in the talking head where he talks about going to the moon is faulty. Possibly justifying his partnership with Ben Wyatt, who's a numbers <laughs> guy. So Chris says he's he's run ten miles a day every day for eighteen years, which is sixty five thousand miles. And he says it's a third of the way to the moon. We've done some fact checking. At his current pace, he actually has about another three to four years, three years to ten months before he can honestly claim to have run a third of the way to the moon. So a little fact check there. It'll be another forty three years and eight months past that before he reaches his goal. That being said, you know, if he's continuing to do that, which I think he has, he's now only like 30 years away. So I think he's going to do it. I think Chris could get to the moon. <laughs> if anybody I, can, it's Traeger. He's, he's, he's not even middle-aged yet, according to his math of getting to 150 years old. He's young, you know. That's he's, also he's, true. That's he's, also true. He's still in the prime right now. He's like LeBron. He's never slowing down. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, episode MVP, most valuable Pawnee, and what do you think? Character moment, character story beat. What do you think, Rob? What's your favorite? Mm, I mean, he, he, it's the title of the episode. Uh, you know, I I, I, I kind of like Freddie Spaghetti. I mean, I, I'm kind of going with 
I'm going to go with Freddy Spaghetti because he made me laugh on the day shooting. He looked so weird and I just had a good time clapping to his to his uh, hijinks. That's great. I love that. And he doesn't get that much shine in other episodes. So so I like giving it to him. I think my runner up is uh, is Nick for running and wiping out and also for uh, his acting in the scene where he gets a massage from you. So <laughs> good job, Nick. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Let's take a trip to the town hall. Where should we do this, Rob? I think we need to do it at the bench, the bench where uh, the world's greatest romantic couple separates forever. Brendanowitz and uh, that's great. And Amy, yeah, let's do it on that little bench with with the with the the moonlight, the moonlight, the dappled moonlight, and the romance. I want to know something about that bench? Actually, mm. is that's the same bench from Rock Show, and it's throughout the second season that bench sits in Leslie's office. Yes, so there's some lovely chemistry and symmetry in that. I love the notion that Leslie would have brought the bench to have that conversation with Bernanowitz. I like that logic. I remember the talk in the writers room was like, she really took the bench all the way out to the lot. It's like, yeah, she did. <laughs> She's a superhero. <laughs> she took it out there. Like, yeah, d- don't think about that. <laughs> don't think about her carrying it out there, taking a pickup truck or whatever. Um, all right. So this town hall from that lovely bench at the end of the season comes to us from Kimberly. Kimberly writes, I've always thought it was funny that Anne and Andy have the same names as the famous ragdolls and that Tom and Jerry have the same names as the cat and mouse pair that always taunt each other. This is never referenced even when Anne is raggedy Anne for Halloween. Is this purely a coincidence or a behind-the-scenes intention? Love the podcast, specifically that you're both fans of the show. What if we hated the show, Rob? <laughs> specifically that we're both fans of it. That, that's a tough pod to do if we hated the show. Um, or is or, or but or is it? Because I think <laughs> well, I could, could do fun. a podcast of shows I hate. Shows you hate? Like, shows you hate watch? Man, I could talk about them for hours. Forever. Just hours. Hours. Maybe that's just the next pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. People you never want to work. So so as far as the names go, uh, it's really it, it's a coincidence. I mean Tom and Cherry and Ann and Andy. Keep in mind, keep in mind, the, these characters didn't always have these names, first of all. So like Jerry, God, was Jerry was Jerry always Jerry? Because I remember in the first draft, the first draft I ever wrote, Donna was named Paris, which is insane. And then That's also amazing. April was named just Aubrey. Right. So, you know, Jerry and Whitney and Whitney. I mean, it's so that was all confusing. Tom and Jerry and Andy. That's that's a little bit of a coincidence. Um, it does. This does remind me of a story in the writer's room. Speaking of Anne's name, um, you know, it gets late at night sometimes in the writer's room and, and, and Mike is at the computer or whatever. And he's he's in Final Draft, which is the screenwriting software. And sometimes you'll have to do like a find and replace or something. And, and you know, you find a name or whatever and you replace it with something. At one point, he accidentally found and replaced Anne's name and wanted to replace it with something. I don't know why this happened, but he replaced her name with a space. So just a space. Do you remember this, uh, Greg? So this happened for the entire script. And so I bet you had to go back in and just look at look her, her name every time was a space. So every time... It just like it just fucked up the entire thing, and we're like, oh no! And you oh. couldn't undo it, and it was like this is a night. It's two a.m. or whatever, and we're in there trying to just replace it. I have to tell you, I remember that very well. 
<laughs> there's no there's no fixing it, right? That's the problem. At the time, the Final Draft software, thank you, Final Draft, for everything. You could not undo the find and replace. So I had to then, everybody watched me go through the script and find every instance of where there was an extra space to put an name back into oh, it that's what it was it's like oh my go god be writers it's, assistance, it's, it's, people. go be writers assistants yeah, it's a tough job it's a tough job but thank you for the question kimberly um you know we'll do a spinoff ann and andy tom and jerry the uh, animated spinoff for those four characters um and that'll be, that'll be future uh, i think that's it for this episode rob what do you think i think this is it thanks everybody um for for listening um don't forget to subscribe um, there's so much more uh, fun to be had here. We love our five-star reviews that um, have been showing up on Apple. So if you're inclined, we would love that. Very important for the show. And um, thanks to this wonderful team, Schulte and Greg, you guys rock. And um, for me, I, that's all I got to say from Pawnee today. Alan, what do you say? Thanks for listening. Goodbye from Pawnee. Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers with additional tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.